Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining. I am Carlos with Brian Kirchner. Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey, Carlos. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so, yeah, this is part two of the dog we've been working on. Her name is Sakura. You can catch part one on our podcast channel as well. But before we get into that, what we are, what we're about is we want to help you with your dog. A lot of people say that, but we really want to break it down, make sure we separate the wrong and the ridiculous information that's out there. We want to rescue the relationship uh, between you and your dog, and we have the expertise and experience to really get down deep and be straightforward with you. So, again, welcome. This is part two of a series. We don't know what the end is going to be because, like in most cases, when you have uh, a relationship with uh, an animal, especially in this case, um, this dog from uh, the Fauquier SPCA, there's a lot of unknown variables, Brian, and we don't know what the end is going to look like, but we're going to be patient, and we do, however, have some positive updates thus far. Yeah, this has been a, a really interesting experience for both of us, and we've both fostered dogs in the past, so we have uh, have a lot of experience doing this. Um, but I'd say Sakura's kind of her own interesting challenge. Sakura Sakura, we call her Sadie around here just because it's easier and, and softer. Um, her set of challenges is that I think what we came to the realization yesterday is she feels like a feral dog. She acts like a feral dog. And we, we've seen some puppiness from her from her lately, but, um, you know, it's it doesn't feel like a typical domesticated rescue dog. feels like this dog is more comfortable outside, um, isn't sure what to do or where to be inside. Um, you know, a few, few telltale signs like that. Yeah, and this is a big revelation for us because... We we had been told by the yeah. by the SPCA who we love, but they had been given information that we're kind of wondering about. You know, maybe where Sakura had originally come from, um, those people didn't have all the information. You know, sometimes they don't give the information just so they can get the get the the dog into a home. So what Carlos and I are realizing is we're kind of starting from scratch here and just going with what we see from from moment to moment and and you know figuring out patterns and and. Uh, figuring out a plan from the patterns that we see in her behavior. And also brings up the nature versus nurture argument, right? I mean, everyone knows there's such thing as a domesticated dog versus a wild dog or a wolf. Okay, but what's interesting here is if a dog, a domesticated dog, quote-unquote, is left to their own nature, is it possible to regain that domesticated nature that we're used to seeing where a dog bonds easily with a human counterpart, where it looks to the human for food and shelter and wants to, to be nearby as far as proximity goes, so you might call it cuddling, you know? Right. We don't see that in this dog, so it's very interesting, but it's... Uh, I mean, and, and by the way, if you guys have not heard the podcast one, let's give a brief update right when she arrived here what did we see brian we saw she was cornering so basically i'm trying to get at it's one thing to have a fearful dog uh we were used to that right but what she was exhibiting was fearfulness but also indifference and just a lot of weird things that maybe we're not used to seeing which is why we came to determination here on part two that this is more than likely a dog that was just out in the wild had to fend for herself um, but in podcast one, what did we cover mostly? 
Um, so people, in case they just give them a quick synopsis, in case they didn't go back to the first podcast. Well, this this dog that came into the home who wasn't comfortable, um, who wasn't comfortable around very in close proximity to us, who wasn't comfortable in close proximity to the other dogs, but to a lesser degree, who basically wouldn't eat. Uh, we caught her drinking a few times, but a really shut down and, and very unsure dog, but not, like Carlos said, not anxious to the level that we we've seen with uh, with other dogs um and but but not at all aggressive like we can pick her up easily and she won't snarl she won't snap she doesn't sniff uh stiffen she doesn't give us any of the behavior that a dog would um you know revert to their instincts tell them flight or flight or fight she just she just submits and so that's that's the part that tells us that something about this dog recognizes that we're here to we're here to help. Um, yeah, and and this is part two. And but how many days have it, has it been since part one or day one? Five. Okay, five days have gone by. And what have you seen uh, in contrast in comparison? Because I have I have my own um, sure uh, experiences, and I know you do because we have been basically shift. You know, yeah, yeah, we've kind of been doing it in shift. Yeah. So the the main thing that that I'll put out there for the listeners is that she's eating. She's eating regularly. She's eating a decent amount. She's eating. We ran out of the uh, of the the deer meat that um, uh, the Devon at the SPCA had given us, so we switched to um, we switched to canned food. We've tried um, ground beef with her and kibble, and she's eating all of that. She's not eating it when someone's watching her. She's not eating it when someone's near her. Um, so she's, she wants, she wants peace and quiet when, in order to do that. But the main thing is, is, is she's eating, which is a good sign that, and in my mind, that rules out something really bad, uh, physically like, like cancer or something like that. Yeah. And, and unless you're on the, the Facebook site and are, are looking at the pictures, it's hard to, uh, really get, get an idea of how thin she was and she still is right. So it's a, this is a big, big deal that she's eating Yeah, because she was way, way under, I mean, you could just feel her bones or hips. Yeah, she's got a she's got a long coat on her, so it's it's tough to tough to get pictures of that. But um, but yeah, she she felt pretty bony at first, and she's definitely putting on some weight. So that's the first thing that I that I noticed. And the second thing is, pretty much every time we're getting the other dogs out, they're they're getting excited when we come home. Then Sakura is also there. She's right at the right at the door greeting us. She's got her tail up. She's sniffing around. She's moving in a very interested, curious puppy like fashion. Um, and so that tells us that she wants to be a part of the pack again, that her part of her brain understands that there is safety and, and security and comfort in the pack, whether it's just the dogs or just us, or, or I think it's a combination of, we're not sure about, we have to test that a little bit more, but she definitely is, is feeling more comfortable and more relaxed around us. Yeah. And that's a good point. I think initially I thought she just was in shock and shut down from the uh, noise that, and the instability that sometimes presents itself in a shelter environment. Um, but uh, what we're learning is, is even when it was quiet, she still wants to be on her own, like, like, uh, like a wild animal, right? You, sometimes you'll rescue a wild animal. I have once in a while, whether it's a, a bird or whatever it is, a rabbit, a turtle, they just want to keep to themselves. And, but we've, done what's interesting is we've done and come up with various different accommodations just to kind of see what works for her one of them was um even though she puts herself in a corner against a wall i said okay well maybe underneath something she'd feel more relaxed so we did that for a few days and that helped her feel 
just that much safer, which then allowed her to do something interesting, right, Brian? She just came out one time. We got, I said, hey, let's take her to this room and let her be under this bed, which is unusual, right? We don't usually want to separate no. dogs, but we just, at this point, because we're so unfamiliar with this amount of, this kind of dog with this background, with all these unknowns, we're just trying everything we can to make her feel safe. Yeah, a dog who's this closed down, who's this shut down. Yeah. So, so we're kind of kind of trying a lot of different things to see what's going to give us the result. And, and Carlos, I got to give you all the credit for that because you were the one that showed me that picture that you took three nights ago, and you said, you know what? Looking at this picture of her underneath the bed, um, she looks a lot more relaxed. Um, and I think that was one of the things you said, you know what, let's try her up here. Let's get her away from the main floor where all the, all the, the, the fracas, all the dogs, and we typically are, all the, all the action is, and bring her up here. And she went right under the bed, and that picture, and I put it on our Facebook page, shows in her eyes that she's much more relaxed. And so that was really the start of, okay, now we can, we can have a handle on, on how to move forward with this dog. But I think part of the reason that was so effective with her is because unlike her little cubby in the pantry or in the corner of the kitchen or in the corner in the living room is underneath the bed is so low that the two big dogs can't get underneath there. So she knows that we can't get to her very easily yeah. and they can't get to her. So so it's not that we're trying to get to her. It's that she has a lot of room and a lot of space so she can be left alone for the most part. And I think that really makes a dog like this feel very comfortable. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is this is kind of an anomaly, right? We're yeah. we're not saying a dog on its own by its own inside a home will fix itself, right? Yeah. We're saying that as far as we're concerned, the best thing is at least up front for the time being for her brain to be as relaxed as possible to let the healing process come in, whether it's from trauma whether it's while she gets to um, uh, experience um, new smells, new people, new dogs in a safer way, like Brian said, underneath something. We don't, it has to happen, and that's the sign that I was reading from her when I looked at her. I said, man, this is because can, can, the question really is, can the brain, mind, heal and rehabilitate itself if it's still worried about something? Right. If it's, basically, we're talking about stress. I don't think so, right? So we we just tried different areas, but we found that she was most relaxed, and maybe had something to do with the carpet, uh, yeah. sound you know soundproofing. Um, but I, I again, we talk about this all the time. I just was reading the dog and reading the facial expression, the eyes, and she just seemed to have a way more relaxed face under the under the bed. And um, I think it was only minutes, uh, right? When I think if you were, were you were leaving and we were, we were mm -hmm. getting ready and she came out on her own. And it's like, um, we're, 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 I don't want to say we, we're not, we're not doing this. She's exposing that, that puppy nature, the dog nature. She came up from under the bed and wanted to be part of, um, what we were doing, which was surprising. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. you were just a totally different dog five minutes ago. And she, and, and what we also noticed was she does not know how to negotiate the stairs. Because I put her, I brought her up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, other than a puppy, I've never never really been around an adult dog that's unsure about stairs. So that lets you know that she spent a lot of time outside. Yeah. And and I, I've worked, I've fostered several dogs uh, in the past who, 
have been outdoor only dogs. So I've worked with dogs who don't know what a leash is, who don't know what hard floors is, who right. don't, who, you know, who can go upstairs for some reason. They're, they're hardwired for that. But going downstairs is, is a bit more problematic. Um, and I totally forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. She was up here and she came out of her, of her cubby underneath the bed. And then I took all the dogs downstairs with me right in front of her to show her this is, you know, this is how the, the stairs work. And she, would she bark? Or she whined or something she a little bit. She did a puppy thing, yeah. like a puppy protest. You know, she attempted to go down one flight and was frustrated, I guess, like a puppy does, and got back up on the main floor and was like, hey, 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 what about me? What about me? And then she actually barked. Yeah. It was a healthy bark. It wasn't a... Um, yeah, it was a very, very puppy kind of playful, I, playful bark. And yeah. that was the first sign, really, that when we realized we're, hey, we're making some progress here. Yeah. And then, of course, the food thing was huge. Right. And then, um, and then, then she laid on the top step yeah. for for a bit, and then I think it was just a matter of a minute or two before she eventually was like, "Oh yeah, I can do this," and then just worked her way down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. So this is a she went down the you have like uh, two, two. Yeah, she went down the bigger stairs up front. So very interesting, but very slow process. Yeah. So. Is it safe to say that uh, don't look for a dog that's feral as a pet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not unless you're unless you're looking for a long term project where you're testing your patience as much as anything else. Yeah, I would say don't uh, don't look for a uh, a dog who does not know much about indoors or doesn't feel comfortable around people or or other dogs. And because we're we're kind of throwing all of our knowledge and, and throwing all of our tricks uh, at her to try and, you know, get her to, to make progress and, and come forward. And we have a lot of experience in this and we're having, having a, a, I wouldn't say a tough time, but it's a, it's a slow process. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend something like this for, for most people. And we don't know how long it's going to take. It might take a while, or it might be that we get to a point where we get her settled down, where maybe another environment is, um, is, is better for her. And that's one thing I want to mention is, like they say in the commercials, results may, bear, may vary. Because I'm who I am and put out the energy that I do, and, and same with Carlos, in a different household with a different pack of dogs, with a different person, they may get fairly different results. So it's not that this is the only way the dog can, can be rehabilitated and, and progress and come along this path. This is, this is how she's, um, she's progressing with us. So, you know, don't don't think that you have to have this level of expertise in order to in order to do this or that, you know, someone else couldn't do better than we can. It's it's very possible. And, and one last thing I want to say about that is because I don't have a fenced in yard, I'm not allowed to in this neighborhood. Um, uh, we can't just put her outside and put her food and water outside and then kind of observe her there because she's more comfortable being out of doors. So whenever She's outside. We have to be outside tethered to her. And I'm not going to put her on a tie out outside by herself for a number of reasons. Um, so we, you know, we're missing one thing that, that maybe a lot of other people uh, have, would have access to. But we do have the pack. We do have time because we're, we're here all the time because uh, we do this for a living. Um, and we, we have the, uh, the expertise. But, yeah, the, the backyard might make a difference for, for something like this. But we, when we go out, we go out. I mean, we're going... Like yesterday, we went out, I went out with her, and not just potty breaks. I mean, real walks. Four times, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, I think you got her out two, three, three or four times, and we got her out. Well, the, yeah, that last walk we did, uh, we did together was probably forty minutes or so, at least a mile and a half. Um, and then and I went out one other time after that. Yeah, yeah. The, that's right. You went out went out for a while after that. So what? Okay, so it, it rings true. But what we talk about when we say, yeah, 
get your dogs out and do because even though we're not pushing her like we would a domesticated dog that was high energy or stubborn on a leash, it's still just as important to get her out and uh, get her familiar with yeah. with where she is. Also, good point because because when we first got her and uh, if you, I don't know if you recall, Brian, you have a very you got a lot of dogs in this neighborhood. You, she would hear the bark and then she would freeze, freeze. and shut down. Yep. Day four or five, whatever we're on. Five. I just walked her this morning, and there's a Weimer on her, who is on an invisible fence, and I didn't want to pull and do an anticipatory, you know, tension creation. But um, she heard the bark from the dog inside the house. Maybe it spotted us. Who knows? She froze. Looked. I stopped. No tension on the leash. She stopped, maybe looked for, I don't know, 15 seconds. Okay. I was just observing her body language. And then I, I, I think I may have moved without pulling on the leash or making any sound, and she was willing to move with me. So I was surprised with that because I thought, okay, look, she shut down completely before right. when she heard a dog bark. Now she's curious. Body language is a little bit different. Looking and moving on. Yeah. And then to my surprise, <laughs> the owners let the dog out. And the dog came charging at, at us full speed. Charging full, with a ton of energy. Yeah, full speed. I go, oh boy, here we go. She's going to shut down again and, and maybe um, regress. So, But I, I wanted to, do, to be as calm as possible um, and still be safe just in case uh, the dog got through. So I, I put myself in between because before she was uh, uh, towards the side of the uh, house that the dog... I put myself in between and continued to walk. And man, she was just... So I think she might have looked once or twice, but she did not shut down. Um, I don't know if it's because I got in between. I don't know if it's just because she's so used to getting walked now. But, man, it was huge for, for me to see that, and we just walked, and she was fine. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a big difference. Um, what, what are some other big differences that you've noticed in, in her behavior? Because I talked about mine for a, a while. Yeah, so this morning uh, I came downstairs, three floors here, came downstairs. I think she was on the second floor. And uh, I saw her in the laundry room area. Oh, right. And uh, I walked by her, and I don't know if I said anything at all. I may have said, hey, whatever. She got up, and I go, oh, she's getting up because maybe she's, I made her uncomfortable. And she's trying to find a new location. I mean, but she got up to kind of, like, greet me. And I was like, wait, this is weird. Unusual. She kind of got up to greet me, and then went back to sit down. So... You may say, oh, that's subtle, that's small, all dogs do that. But not in this case, that's a big deal because it's, imagine taking in a fox. You know, it's uh, kind of dog-like, but not really. <laughs> very quiet, very reserved. So for, so for her to come up and greet me without being scared, I mean, you know, she won't necessarily come up and, and ask to be petted. She doesn't mind it, but she's still kind of um, wild that way. But she went back. Lay down. I continue to walk. And so that's something that would not have happened day one. She was fearful and just wanted to be cornered up against the wall. So, Yeah, and that's that's really a big, a big change for her to come out after someone walks by. Um, you know, to, to move forward towards someone, whether it's a dog or, or another or another person. Yeah. Um, so so that was really cool. And one thing I wanted to wanted to touch on is uh, we described. You know, we keep calling you know her like a feral dog. So some feral behaviors. Um, Want to list those? But one thing that that is 
that is interesting about this dog that I've never seen another dog before is she refuses to lay on blankets. Every time we've put oh. towels or blankets or we went out and got her a dog bed, she pushes them out of the way and wedges herself behind them. And I've never seen a dog choose to do that. And that makes me think back to the first day we evaluated her at the SPCA um, that she started digging a hole in a corner instead of laying on you know softer grass. Yeah. She somehow wants to get down as low as possible and, and make herself invisible. But I've never seen a dog, um, you know, so adamant about not being on a soft, comfortable surface. And it's not hot here either. No. We're, we're in winter. Yeah. And the other thing you you, know, you said, too, that it was interesting is how she takes her food. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, and you and you're very, you're real clean. This this place is real clean. <laughs> you wash the bowls, everything's clean. You have different materials, glass, ceramic, metal, and she just she keeps she keeps picking yeah. you know a mouthful of food or a bit of food out of each bowl and then walking back to her corner yeah. and then eating it or burying it under the under the towel. And that's and again that's that's behavior that I've seen the the eat taking out of a bowl and eating off the floor is behavior I've seen in a lot of puppies over time. So that doesn't concern me. Um, but the fact that for the first two days she wasn't eating it, she would just set it closer to her and then, you know, kind of fold it within the within the towels or the blankets was was very unusual behavior. And domestic dogs don't do that, especially when they're hungry. But if if I'm not mistaken, yesterday was it yesterday she actually finished yep. a bowl? Yep. Well, well, no, two, kind of in close succession. I think okay. she she ended up eating her breakfast around lunchtime, and then I fed her another bowl as soon as I noticed that, and she ate that right a right away as well. And like I said, it's different food. So I think we've kind of gotten her to a point where she's relaxed and comfortable enough around us, around the yeah. dogs and in the house where she, uh, where she's happy to eat and recognizes that she, she has to eat. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the other thing I noticed too, which is subtle because she still won't willingly, well, not that I've seen, she, she may not willingly want to go up or down. Sometimes she'll um, we'll need to move her for whatever reason. Right. So what I, the point I'm trying to make is when I pick her up, I can feel her heart rate. Yeah. And one of the changes I have noticed is her heart rate has stabilized, meaning it stayed steady. Oh, good. The first few times, um, especially the first day and the second day, I would pick her up. Even though she's not aggressive at all, right, I could, I could um, feel her heart rate. It was racing. I was like, oh, well, she's obviously not relaxed. Yep. Um, so something something you wouldn't maybe not catch just by looking because she kind of shuts down and you know yeah and she know. typically has her mouth closed so you're not gonna you're not gonna see her mouth being yeah. open at her tongue you're not gonna but see the but I was yet. picking up on her heart rate and then today I think I moved her t once or twice and I was happy to to feel that when I picked her up and I grabbed her chest there that it was not an increase in the heart rate right. and and that's that's quite a bit different from three nights ago when we were uh, we were all watching TV and I think yeah. I, my, my girlfriend picked her up from her from her bed and and put her on her lap or next to her on the couch and she the dog not my girlfriend Sakura curled mm -hmm. herself up into the tightest ball possible with her head into the couch yeah and you know uh, she said uh, she told me that her, her heart rate was going really quick and I went over and felt and it was one of those things where that heart rate was so fast that kind of made me think of 
you know, an animal in distress, yeah. you know, a, 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 a doe or, or a fawn or something like, like that, or a baby squirrel or something. And so, and so we got her out of there and let her have her own, own space. And it took a while for her, for her heart rate to settle down, but that's a big difference. Yeah. Now she can be next to us. She can be near us. Yeah. Um, this morning when I was putting the other dog's leashes on, Sakura was in, uh, in the, the middle of the, of the pack and weaving back and forth. And she came right up to me. As if to say, oh, I understand the drill here, and, and really let me put the leash on her very easily, but willingly came up to me. So we, we've really had some important strides, some some good progress with with her. Nothing nothing earth shaking for a typical dog, but for this dog, really really pretty outstanding. Yeah, and it just speaks to the power of of, of the rehabilitation process, right? So yeah. It does require patience, but once you see a little bit of progress, you just want to continue on and on and on because you get encouraged. And it also speaks to her her, her sense of, of determination, right? Cause, sure. Because who knows, right? Who knows of uh, all the um, hardships you had to endure as a quote-unquote wild animal, you know what I mean? Which is kind of what we really believe um, was the case. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned the other day that I, that I <clears> noticed <throat> but forgot to say to you was uh, when we're outside with her, she seems to be looking towards areas, the woods and bushes yeah. and stuff, to hide, to get under. And that's another indicator that she probably was an outdoor door, outdoor door dog for for a while. And what, go ahead. Well, no, and I'm saying, and that's that's a good point, but the other thing we're missing here is, it's one thing to be maybe, a, and again, this is all just... Uh, educated gas because we, we're not animals you know we're not a doll we don't know but i would imagine that it'd be a lot harder for a domesticated dog that's been bred to to be uh, somewhat human have a human bond relationship to then go and transform itself back to its nature and be wild and then try to go back and be domestic sure rather than a wolf having a wolf pop and being wild yep uh, so we something to consider as well so she's had to go through a at least uh, this kind of transformation, outdoor, indoor, outdoor. Now, indoor, maybe. And we're trying to say, hey, we're not saying nature's wrong. But if she's going to have any success going forward, she does have to have some people skills, if, if you like, for lack of a better um, phrase, and not have that fear factor. Right. Because she's going to have to be fed. Yeah, and, yeah you know, of course. So, so we're going to have to get that out of her but it's just interesting that man it's because we read all the time domesticated dog different than wolf wolf hybrid people say don't have a wolf hybrid for these reasons well a, a, a stray domesticated yeah. dog yeah can be much closer to to yeah. a wolf in behavior yeah now well. we're trying to bring her back so yeah um so and, the, yeah so the goal yeah the goal is is would you say to domesticate her yeah, to, again? Yeah, to to re-domesticate her. To, yeah, <laughs> to reintroduce her to to life as a as a domestic dog. Now, one thing I do have to say, which I which I wrote down for you, yeah. is uh, just a few minutes ago I went down because I heard her moving around because the other three dogs are in in this room with us. I heard her moving around. I was like, oh, cool, she's checking us out. No, she was in the foyer, taking a, going number two on the rug right in front of the front door. Now, while that's not my favorite thing in the world, oh. um, it tells us, because this is the first time she's ever gone to the bathroom in the house, it tells us that she's making progress because she's willing to now go to the bathroom when she needs to go to the bathroom, not wait until it's as safe as possible and outside is only safe. So as odd as it seems, I count that as progress as well. Yeah, this is breaking news, by the way. <laughs> this is developing 
Breaking news. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have a breaking news. Dog, dog dumps in house. <laughs> yeah, this is breaking news. Oh, by the way, you this note you wrote me, I read it wrong. <laughs> I thought you said she's sitting in the foyer. No, no, no. I didn't read the H no, part. Yeah, there's an H in there, oh, too. Oh, so, yeah. sorry about <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. Now I get the... Now I see why you were so... Okay. Yeah. She's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what's the big deal about yeah, her sitting yeah, in the yeah, foyer? sitting in the foyer. It's not a big deal. I was like, what's the big deal, Brian? <laughs> so, anyway, so um, so that's the, the latest update from her. We definitely see some, some progress in her, uh, and we will give you another update in, you know, a few days or so as, thing, as things come along. But please check out her Facebook... Her, um, uh, for more updates about uh, about her as well as checking out our uh, our YouTube channel, seeing our videos, you know, make sure you like us and and subscribe. Carl, is there anything else you want to add before we close out? This dog is available for adoption, although you Not may yet. may want to wait a little bit. She but it's be. it's something that we're working on, and, I, and it's interesting for us because it allows us to build our knowledge and help people who may have a similar situation going forward. But uh, this is in Warrenton, Virginia. Yeah, so if you'd like to uh, um, check her out, see her at the at the SPCA, you can go to their website. She'll be back there. We don't know when, but we'll get her back there at some point. Um, the Faulkner SPCA is a great organization, so please, you know, stop by, donate, volunteer, whatever you can do to help them, because they're the ones who saved this dog, and we're just helping along with that process. Uh, thank you very much for listening, Carlos. Thanks for being here. No this problem. Is, this is a great, uh, great topic, and we will let you know when we have a uh, third podcast on her. Yeah, to be continued for sure. All right. Thanks, okay. people. Thank you. Bye.